This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail Cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Hey, Josh. I'm good, all things considered. Not owning Kane, but I guess what we need to figure out on this episode is, should I feel bad that I don't own Kane, or should I feel bad that I don't own Gareth Bale? I'm so confused. (laughs) Yeah. The Kane thing is interesting. I mean, I guess we can just get right into it right off the bat, right? Because he, he goes for 19 points, two goals, and two assists. And there was, uh, I think it was our friend Mikey on the Slack was like, how do you deal with not getting like, like knowing that you could have had this person, they go off and you didn't bring them in. And how do you, how do you manage them? There's no good answer to this question, but you as, as somebody who plans to get Kane, you decided to wait one week, right? You weren't going to burn points to do it or did prefer not to, um, you know, how are you, how are you feeling about the Kane explosion? Well, I don't I, I yeah, you you can't feel good missing out on those points sure. and I think the the real crux of the problem is even if you get Kane for game week 28, you're it's it's like um you know, you're dating a woman after your friend dated her. Um <laughs> so 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 to speak. You you're never going to get those points back. And for me looking at my team going into game week 27, where I failed was um, I looked at my team and there were two ways to look at it. One was I have a decision to make here. And the other was I'm overthinking it. Don't make the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. I chose to say, Brandon, you're overthinking it. Don't make the wrong decision. And therefore, I made no decision at all. Right. If you follow my logic here, yeah. what yeah. I should have done was <laughs> had the courage to just make a bloody decision and get Kane yeah. in. So I'm looking at my midfield Friday night before I go to bed and it's Bruno and Sala. These are the only two players that I could move out to get me the cash to turn Calvert-Lewin into Kane. And, you know, we can sit here podcasting Sunday night and it's plain as day. The story was already written for Sala. He was, you know, he's, he and Liverpool are in terrible form. That full-on match was like just, 
Right. I mean, like, okay, yeah, Fulham better defensively for sure, have, have tightened things up, but you're still talking about Liverpool at home to a relegated team. He gets subbed early at midweek, and Klopp basically says he's able to play on Sunday because he got subbed early. So you kind of know, you feel like he might be kind of locked into this match. At least I thought that. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I, yeah. I, clearly we were all wrong, you know. I mean, not that we were like loudly advocating for captain him or anything, but like, sure. Yeah, you know, I thought he'd but, do better than nothing. But for Mikey, you just have to accept this was the worst case scenario for non cane owners, and you just right. have to own it. You have to yeah. accept that this is the reality. Yep. You're not going to win every game week, you're not going to win every season, and you've, you've got to roll on. Now, yeah. I look at my team now and I'm like, oh, well, duh, duh, dummy. The obvious move was uh, move Sala to Gareth Bale because he's the man. And then you move DCL to Kane. And guess what? You're top of the league. (laughs) And I can't believe I didn't do that. Right. And then then Captain Kane, too, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, Well, actually, and and, uh, triple captain. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bring that chip back that you just used last week. Use it again. (laughs) If I had if I had the foresight, I could have done that. I could have retroactively untriple Captain Mosala in game week 26. We could have made it all work. It's It's all possible. Every time you have anyone has a bad game week, you at least for me, I I do the same thing as you. I, I in my head, I I like reverse engineer the perfect scenario, exactly what I should have done. Even if I wasn't thinking about doing those moves, I now in the rearview mirror, I'm like, oh yeah, I would have done all. I would have found a way <laughs> to make the perfect move. So yeah. yeah, it's it's again, it's a it's a two thousand. I don't say it again because I didn't say it the first time, but just as a reminder, because we talked about this before, you know, we're talking about two thousand twenty two hundred, whatever number of points you're going to score this season are. Um, you just can't get too annoyed about a less than twenty point return, right? It's just like it's just not that much. Yeah, and I accept that I probably have some players. Like going into the uh West Ham Leeds match, if Leeds I'm starting all three of my Leeds players, Dallas Rafinha, Bamford. If Leeds do put on a great performance and I reap some points there, I'll be fine and I right. can kind of get away with it. So yeah. the fact that uh, this game week is not over yet uh, has some promise. And for me, like the, the true hindsight game is when I was looking at the options to burn for to bring Kane in, it was moving Sala to and at no point, And I think we were pretty clear on last week's episode that the Bruno out brigade is not associated with always cheating at all. <laughs> it's not our brand. No. <laughs> so I was looking at solid, like the two players I was going to bring in were either going to be Jesse Lingard or Saka at Arsenal. Right. And right. so it, I have to admit the thought of bringing Bale in as well as Kane never crossed my mind. So, right. Right. you know, you just kind of can't beat yourself up about the hindsight stuff. Good to be honest with yourself about that stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and so I, I, my move was, um, I moved Dominic Calvert-Lewin to Antonio. So we'll see tomorrow yeah. uh, how that move works out. Um, I, you know, so I, I do have Canada and captain him, which I honestly didn't really consider. So again, it's not that hindsight thing. I, I, I can't even pretend that that was something that was on my mind. I did vice captain him. So if there was, if there was a way that I could reverse engineer Gundogan not playing in today's match, that anything's be, possible in today's episode. I'm saying <laughs> that right possible. now, Josh. Um, but yeah, I'm on uh, 52 points with, with Rafinha. I have Rafinha as well and, and Antonio tomorrow. Um, and I cracked the top 10 K, which I was excited about. First time nice. I did that uh, this season, it looks like. With auto subs included, I'm at like 9,940. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, um, 
Uh, it's I, like I'm already in that mode now where like when when Sun got an assist, even though it was to Kane, that actually dr- I dropped like a thousand yeah. when that happened. And so <laughs> it's like like when you're you know when you're even like 22k going between 22 and 23 is like whatever. But we, we, once you're in that like 9,000, it's like every like little every you know someone gets a yellow card and it feels like yeah you're like damn like oh like there goes my chance. So it's but it feels you know I'm very excited to. To, to crack that. And so, um, yeah, my, the big thing for me tomorrow is I've got to sweat no Banford. And I, I, I guess I'm sweating no Banford through at least game week 29 now because I've got you know, the one move I would consider actually would be uh, Watkins to Banford. And just like, because <laughs> I am just, I am really frustrated with Walker. Like, do we just think it's, if it's, if it's an entire season long, is it still bad luck or is the guy just not quite the finisher that? We hope he is. I think that's slightly unkind. I do think that Watkins has. He's got, I mean, he's got 10 goals, so I don't want to totally. Yeah. I mean, this is not Che Adams territory by any stretch. Like Watkins, I think at the end of the season, we'll look back and say Watkins proved that he deserves to be at this level and that he was an integral part of that Villa attack that was largely effective when they were all fully fit. Yeah, I mean, the, the the loss of Grealish is obviously a problem for him, but he still did put a shot off of the crossbar this weekend. He is getting one or two opportunities. The yeah. thing with Watkins is he needs four or five big chances in right. order to come through as an FPL yeah, He's going to blow three for sure. That's a given. Yeah. Yeah. And without without Grealish there, I mean, he, he's now he's now in four blanks and five and uh and then the other the other return was was just you know one assist. So would you um, actually yeah. can, would you actually move Watkins who plays in twenty nine yeah. out and and so you know the the larger conversation that we've been having for the last month now it seems is how yeah. many players do you want to field for yeah. game week twenty nine when just eight teams play? Yeah, would you waste a, Would not waste? Would you use a transfer to move Watkins out? Would you actually do that? Yeah, I would consider it. Um, I mean, because, you know, the, some of the moves I'm considering are are, are are pretty small moves, right? You bring in Sufal or whatever, but they play Arsenal. Wouldn't shock me if Arsenal scored in that match. So maybe I'm getting two points out of him. Um, and the thing about having Bamford is, you know, if Watkins does anything, his ownership is pretty low. If Bamford does something, his ownership is going to be huge, right? So yeah. Um, as a, almost as a defensive move, I think it might make sense to, right. to have, um, so, that. so then there are two ways to look at the Watkins then in your situation where you're kind of in shield mode and right. trying to protect rank yeah. Bamford is the better pick in your mind. And if you're right. looking to climb, if you're looking to gain rank, Watkins is more of a sword, uh, yeah. potential or maybe like Lacazette or something. I, I mean, he didn't even start to, well, that, so, yeah, that was a curveball. <laughs> okay. Um, but if we're talking about real, I mean, I don't want to get right into the game week 29. It's actually funny. We're taught, we're doing this because the theme of this week's podcast, Brandon is yeah. forgotten game weeks. Anyone <laughs> who's done fantasy for a long time knows mm-hmm. all about forgotten game weeks. When you've got a lot of double game weeks happening. We're in one, right? It's actually the third week in a row where we have one. Yeah. And then, you know, so that's just, you, know, you have more than 10 matches in a game week, uh, or you have the, um, the blank game weeks and game week 29, which is coming up in a couple weeks is an FA cup weekend. And so like, I think it's something like 60% of the teams just don't have a fixture. Right. Yep. So it's very hard not to focus on those matches, but you, but what often ends up happening is you kind of, completely ignore or you just sort of like have like a very pro forma like i'm just gonna roll my team out uh for this for this other game week Uh and you don't take it seriously and and 
you know, game like seasons can be won or lost on these forgotten right. game weeks. Right. What can happen is you've been so focused on building a game week 29 team that game week 28 happens and you're looking at your game week 29 team. You're like, these guys all have terrible fixtures. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really, it's, we have some really interesting things to talk about here in game week 29 and 28. And then, you know, Man City, what, who they roll out on, do they play on Tuesday or Wednesday? Is it Wednesday? I can't remember. I think it now. is Wednesday. Let, let yeah. me pull this up. It is Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, against Southampton a, yeah, at I the Eddie Hot again. Yeah. I think it's an early, it's like, you know, 1 p.m. our time. So a little lunchtime match, Brandon, on Wednesday. So, yeah, I mean, what happens there will obviously, uh, you know, dictate. A lot of things, too, because I actually think this could be a game week where you really need some bench depth. I would not be surprised if we saw a little bit of rotation yeah. uh, next weekend uh, with with there's, you know, there's Champions League matches at midweek and, and next week. And, and Europa League as well. Yep. We're going to talk about Spurs, obviously. Yep. yep. Europa League as well. Uh, and game week 29 is the uh, the last game week before international break. So it's all kind of coming to a head. It feels like the, the like. The middle third of the Premier League, the you know the Premier League season, the fantasy season is really wrapping up over mm-hmm. the next two weeks, and so it's kind of some really interesting things are you know, starting to happen. And I think we saw with Liverpool's lineup today, you know, I mean they rolled out what like a like youth team basically, right? It was like Salah and Salah and the, Salah and the kids. It was just a very strange and Rabo. Nico, when Nico Williams gets a run out, you know, uh, yeah. Klopp is um, up to some funny business. Yeah, so it's really. Um, I, I, you know, so I, I, let's, before we even, you know, I don't want to get, uh, over our skis here a little bit. So that, the, so the theme of this week's podcast, we want to give some actual attention to game week 28, the game week that is right in front of us. Uh, and obviously we'll also be keeping an eye on game week 29 because, um, you know, if you don't have a free hit chip in place, which most people don't at this point, um, you really do want to have an eye on that with any of your game week 28 transfers. So, yeah. um, so, you know, it, but it does not mean you need to just ignore 28. It's just that you need to consider both at the same time. So, uh, let's get right into it, Brandon, a quick thank you. We have three new patrons this week and they are all producers. Unreal. Can you thank our new producer patrons? Brandon? Yeah. Big welcome to new producers, George Kinney. Shiv Majora. Shiv Majora, actually a longtime Patreon supporter, now upgraded to the producer level and returning patron Ram Frosk. Thank you for supporting the pod at that highest level. And if you want to learn more about what it is to support Always Cheating, visit us at patreon.com slash always cheating. Figure out what you get at various levels of support. And you are supporting what Josh and I do for free on this podcast every Monday of your fantasy season. When you become a supporter, you get an extra ad-free podcast every week. You get our Week in Review newsletter, courtesy of Mini League Mate. At the higher tiers, like that producer level, you get our Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt. Access to our highly conversational and um, littered with great poetry this weekend, actually. Uh, Slack chat channels, yeah. uh, which has been a ton of fun ever. this season. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've gotten more into the Slack. You know, I sort of, I've been trying... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm going to take my really negative posts um, off of Twitter and mm-hmm. onto, onto the Slack. And I have found I actually do enjoy that a little bit more. And so I feel like I've been a little more involved in that community of late and I've really uh, come to appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go to support the cheaters and uh, do more stuff with the podcast. Um, you know, and also if you are a, um, if you have an iPhone, Brandon, yeah. uh, you and I have started rolling out um, a weekly Always Cheating Advice Shop on Friday mornings. Uh, yeah. You want to get the Locker Room app, uh, and uh, you can find us on there. We're, we're going to chat again this Friday. We're still working out the kinks. So thank you to everyone who joined us. We had a lot of uh, Patreon supporters join us um, uh, yeah. for the last Friday's episode. Basically, it's like the uh, BBC Radio 606 podcast. It, it, it yep. Locker Room, it, it makes it feel like it's a live call-in show. So yep. we set it up where if you have uh, dilemmas leading right up to the game week deadline or live, we can talk uh, about it. And we're looking to drop, actually, these shows into our main pod- podcast feed in the weeks upcoming so you can listen in and see what it's all about. That's true. Maybe you'll actually get on the pod, too, right? That, yeah. Maybe, yeah. All right, so let's take a break, and we'll get back, and we're going to talk about the neglected, forgotten Game Week 28. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas, and BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash cheating. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for Always Cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com dot com slash cheating. All right, Brandon, Game Week 28 is uh, kicks off on Friday, actually. It's, uh, it's a little bit of a slightly drawn out uh, Game Week 28. It starts on Friday, ends on Monday, but it is not a double Game Week. Okay, just 10, okay. 10 fixtures <laughs> for once. Right. I, I don't know what to do. I'm just so used to double game weeks every week. This yep. is going to be so banal. 
And I think that it's it's going to be kind of nice because, uh, you know, there's kind of, so we have five questions for Game Week 28, and we have a little lightning round to come after that. Uh, Jeff Petter says, do you think we, the royal we, will ever lose our complete and absolute obsession with double and blank game weeks and actually just play the week in front of us? I have been thinking about this a lot this week because I think that the double game week obsession with um, or the obsession with, with with playing a captain who plays in double game week. It's very hard. I, I would say almost impossible for me to resist the temptation to play. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like basic gambling, right? Like it's yeah. just give yourself two, two chances, right? Yeah. And, you know, you know, especially if it's a player like man city, our team like man city, where you've got someone like Gundogan, you're like, well, if he's going to get two starts, I, I fancy him to get something out of those. Sure. Starts. And, and you think about the, the cane shout. Yes. Spurs were hosting crystal palace and crystal palace can be abysmal on their day. Yep. But what you're, what you're saying there, Kane versus Gundogan, for example, Gundogan having a double game week, you're basically saying I can correctly predict the outcome of one match, the crystal <laughs> right. palace Spurs match versus get close to predicting two matches for Manchester city and a team that is in at least, at least up until game week 27 kicked off man city were in far more consistent form, the most consistent form team in the entire league, 21 wins in a row. And Spurs were, even though, you know, they were kind of leveling up with Gareth Bale getting a starting role and all that more mercurial. Yeah. Also, this was a so man you had to go to um, go to Man City and and just take it to them basically from the first minute, right? Like literally the first minute. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know when that Jesus penalty was. It was like eighty, you know, eighty seconds into the match or something like that. It was you know very quickly. Um, and you know, but but a week before that, Man City, not even a week before, like half half a week before that, uh, Man City went to Crystal Palace and uh, Palace, you know, kept them from scoring. Uh, Palace also kept a clean sheet at midweek, right? So this is a Palace team that's on back to back clean sheets um, at home again. Um, seems like they maybe figured things out a little bit. They were not as on the beach as we thought they might be. Um, and so you know, I mean, a, a road match for Spurs. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think that was like an absolute given that. Um, that Kane was just going to go off in that match. That was not what I would have strongly predicted. No. And, and, but just to address Jeff's question of how, do we consistently overrate double game weeks? Well, it, it's like what I said at the start of the podcast where you don't own as a non Kane owner, you have to accept the fact that you kind of, you win some, you lose some yeah. and double game weeks. If you talk to seasoned FPL managers, some of their fondest memories will be from explosive mega double game weeks where they cashed in. And I realized game week 26 was a bit of a letdown for some people, but most of us were putting up huge point scores, you know, 80 yeah. to 100 plus. And, uh, you know, maybe you were expecting it to get 125 minimum, right. but right. we were still posting really big scores. So double game weeks they'll they'll be here forever they'll continue to be great opportunities some will be good some will be bad and just you know about for the one for the record um spurs were home although i don't think that really changes the um argument too much but just for the record i know where they played <laughs> okay. Today, okay well i was actually thinking of the one time that we have seen spurs play live in england was at wembley so that's true maybe yeah. you're yeah. one of those weirdos who just considers <laughs> wembley to be the home yeah. of tottenham hotspur and whenever they're not there they're not at home 
I'm going to continue to captain a player in the double game. It sounds like you are too. So I'm not going to second guess that part of it too much. I think the blanks are more interesting. Uh, I think that when you're in a situation like we are, like we're going to be in game week 29, where you, you really do have, um, I mean, you have eight teams playing and of those eight teams, I would say one, two, three, like maybe four of them are good. Right. Um, like Fulham is okay. I, I, I'm not going to call them good though. Right. So like Leeds, <laughs> like Leeds, Leeds, Villa, Spurs, West Ham. Right. And then mm-hmm. you have, then you have Fulham, Arsenal who are both mediocre. And then you have Brighton and Newcastle who are both pretty bad at the moment. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, in a situation like that, I think there's kind of a, a feeling that, Oh, I, I really want to make sure I feel the full team in game week 29. And I, you know, I really think that people, um, Put, put you know put too much of an onus on having a full team for um for for those and then especially if you're, if you're looking at you know uh taking minus fours yeah. um you know I, just, I really don't like that and so i it's the you know tr- like kind of like trying to maximize double game week i think that makes sense um trying to maximize a blank game week i do not encourage and i i think there's a very i mean like the bamford thing I, i'm really strongly considering that um and i mean we'll, we'll see we'll see what watkins looks like away to newcastle and especially if Grealish plays again um you know it looks like he might yeah. um so you know but but regardless uh i you know it's very possible that i only have nine players that play in game week that seems completely fine to me I largely agree with what you're saying, maybe just to throw a counterpoint in here. So you're talking about when you're when you're in the higher ranks and, and, and even wherever you are in the ranking table. Yeah. One one point, two points. <laughs> These are actually pretty significant margins. Sure. So yeah. um, I think that is a positive way to look at a blank game week and say, I'm going to move. I'm not going to necessarily move heaven and earth, but I'm going to move a few things around so I can get an extra player for game week 29 because an extra one or two or three or four points can, can actually be quite significant to where you're going to finish that game week and, and at the end of the season. So just, I just want to say that for the record, I think, I think where you get into trouble is you move your team around to fit an extra player in for the blank who you actually don't need nor want long term. Right. Like I'm looking at game, a double game week residue in my team right now. Ben Me, who I brought in for a double game week, is still sticking around, sucking up right. you know, 4.9 million right now. I've already lost value on this dude. Edward <laughs> yeah. Mendy has been on my yeah. bench for, yeah. for more than a month at this point. Yeah. Calvert Lewin is somebody that we really need to talk about uh, for yeah. the forgotten uh, game week, double game week 28. So yeah. um, it's just like a cautionary tale of, yeah, there there's upside to bringing players in for doubles or blanks. But you have to be prepared to either live with them or I think a lot of managers are considering just straight up wild carding when that international break comes around shortly after game week 29. By the way, are you considering making a goalkeeper transfer for 29? You don't have a playing keeper for that match, right? Yeah, that so that's that's the um, the real decision point for me. Um, it looks like the, the kind of like planned moves I have between now and then, I won't have any extra money my hope was to move edward mendy to martinez i'm not going to have enough cash to do that the way i kind of currently schedule my transfers out so it looks like i actually might move ederson to martinez now wow point taken about uh taking hits and and moving players around and why would you drop 
the one goalkeeper who has more clean sheets than Martinez to get Martinez in. The thing is, is Martinez has been one of my great weak points all season because he like the. He's doing the player of the year award or something. He's so good. Yeah. The PFA player of the year award goes to (laughs) Emmy Martinez. And that's it. Like he can kill you any game week. He's routinely is posting, you know, seven to seven to 10 point scores. So uh, especially in a week in which uh, he's just going to be heavily owned and heavily played and not rotated at all amongst managers who have rotating GKs, he could, he could really uh, put me to the sword. So, I, I, that that's my current thinking. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that makes sense. And maybe that frees you up. Um, I mean, you're probably going to wild card shortly after that anyway, but in, in theory, it could free you up in game week 30 or 31 um, to, to bring in a De Bruyne or a Sterling or, you know, if you wanted to yeah. like really make a big, a big swing, you know, and Martinez is a player I want anyway for the rest of the season. Like it's, right. as I was saying, it's stupid that I've tried to dance around him at this point. So yeah. this is kind of a, a reason for me to finally get him. Yeah. In. Every season, I feel like everyone has that one player that they've just never brought in. Um, yeah. you know, for me, that was actually DS until last week where I somehow the whole se- like, you know, at least, at least since they got, pretty strong defensively. Yeah, he hasn't kept a clean sheet since. Thank you very much. (laughs) He did score a goal, so I'll I'll take it. And I've been thinking about this because um, uh, just as a kind of related note, I hate Crystal Palace. I absolutely (laughs) hate Crystal Palace because they are killing me this season. If you'll recall that match in which which, uh, Salah started on the bench against Palace, came on as a sub, late sub, scored a brace and an assist, two bonus or something like this. And at that point, I didn't have Salah because Salah was doing what he's doing right now. Yeah. And after that Palace performance, it's like, this guy is just going to bury me. So I I just need to get him in. And he did absolutely nothing. (laughs) <laughs> Except for one game week in which a lot of us captained him for a brace. And sure. I tried to argue that that uh, justified everything. Mm-hmm. But basically, Crystal Palace made Salah look so amazing. I had to get him in, and he's kind of been an albatross ever since. So flash forward to game week 27, where Kane uh, looks amazing against Crystal Palace. Guess who I don't have? Harry Kane. <laughs> Guess who I'm bringing in for game week 28? <laughs> Harry Kane. So yeah, yeah. Um, I am fearful of the Palace effect. It's a tricky thing. I, I don't think I would have burned four either if I were in your position, you know? So I, I mean, it's easy to look back. I mean, not, not that, not to, I know we already talked about it once in the podcast, but just uh, again, I feel like that, that, that it was a re it was reasonable not, not to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just uh, as I said, it's a worst case scenario sort of outcome. It, it yeah. stings, it hurts, but yeah, you yeah. can't, you can't fault the yeah. logic. Which brings us to question number two, Brandon, uh, David Conway says, how essential are the Tottenham attackers? potentially eyeing up Kane and Bale to join Sun in my team, but I'm not sure if I should be focusing my efforts elsewhere. And we talk about the, the players that you are like struggle with or that you don't own. And, yeah. and for me, I have bought and sold Sun three times now, and I'm looking <laughs> at buying him a fourth time this yeah. week. How is that even possible? Like, why do, like it just seems like <laughs> you how just can can't I quit him. Sold him four times. <laughs> like she just kept him. Right. So it's very, very strange. Uh, the situation there. So I guess the first to, to, you know, to talk about the real hot property here, uh, Gareth Bale, mm-hmm. very expensive, uh, has been a, um, 
a waste of space. <laughs> I think you could say yeah, the first. 20 I think I, I, I had I had said a couple of times that he looked like he was just taking the absolute piss out of this Spurs club uh, yeah. when he, he he had this long move. But and here he is, yeah, here having he a great is, time, scoring braces every other match, doing that thing where he puts his tongue out, like yeah, like I've always been here, I've always been good. <laughs> uh-huh. Like really, like you've had like an ankle problem for seven. Like you know, it's like it's he went. I mean, it's interesting. I guess you look back. It's like, it's like he's been matches, cut off from matches. real society for for more than a decade, Josh. It's almost yeah, like that. It's it's just it's it's very <laughs> strange. So Gareth Bale now has started the last three matches. He does not get heavy minutes in any of them. Um, he he played a half uh, in game week twenty five. He mm-hmm. played um, six nine minutes in uh, game week twenty six. Uh, Sixty six uh, in twenty. Uh, yeah, all right. So he played sixty six and sixty nine in the in the double game week twenty six. Nice. And then 69 again, Ooh, uh, double nice, nice. And, uh, in gaming 27. So, you know, not playing crazy minutes, always at risk of um, of an injury, right, for any number of reasons. <laughs> sure. uh, even if he just needs like a, you yeah. know, just he has a headache or something, right? So we don't really know what we're going to get with him. But he also has, like in the last three games they played, he scored, what, 35 points, right? So 35 points, his ownership is... Three point seven percent. They are one of the they're one of the few teams uh-huh. that are uh, they're playing game week twenty nine. If you are ranked two hundred and eighty nine thousand in the world and you are trying to make up some ground, shouldn't you just bring him in and captain him in game week twenty nine? Well, you should one hundred percent bring him in. Uh, definitely, uh, without a doubt. The way I'm thinking of Spurs now is. Spurs have just in the last couple of weeks morphed into what I would call expensive leads. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're like, uh, should if the, if the question is, should I be putting my attention elsewhere instead of Spurs? No, because comparable assets would be Bruno. You already have him. Don't worry about it. Liverpool, right. get rid of them. Bring in Gareth Bale. Yep. Man City, Man City is they have the potential to put together an, an attack comparable to what we saw against palace from Spurs, but the rotation of the lineup is a, a question mark. And the way that they do share the points around that, uh, around that city squad is a question mark, yeah. which makes Spurs the expensive leads because at this point you have a very solid sense of what lineup Jose Mourinho is going to come out with. And you have a very solid uh, sense that their defense is terrible. So, yeah. You you can put the Spurs defense to the yeah. side because should've we don't conceded. need it. Should have conceded. I don't know. Will, Will Zaha. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. The, uh, uh, came off the post onto Hugo Lloris. It was, yep. uh, that was an incredible shot. Respect to Zaha for that. But it's, it's all upside for Son, Kane, and Bale. And I agree with you. This is, a, this is an opportunity for any and all managers, I think. Yeah. I, you know there there is every there is every possibility that Gareth Bale um you know spontaneously combusts uh Thursday night in a Europa League match or something like that. Yeah. Um and and uh he's he's dead. But yeah. I think it's I think it's definitely worth a risk. I think it is too. I I know it's really it just comes down to those ranking tiers. I think we talked about this on last week's podcast a little bit like your strategy if you're if you're leading, chasing or way back, right? And I think if you're leading, I still think that Sun is is the transfer. Like and for me, um, I am um, I'm looking to move solid this week. It, I don't have to, but I'm, I'm I'm inclined to do it, um, mostly because he is 
the most expensive player in the game. He doesn't score anymore. And then the team, and the bit team of a problem, bit of an issue, bit of, bit of an issue. Um, I mean, obviously he scored a ton on the season, but really, I mean, if you look back at, you know, I mean, even, even the matches where he has scored something, it's like, it kind of like took like a moment of magic. Right. I mean, that, that or sure. Like goal. a terrible yeah. VAR decision against the re- return fixture of Fulham where Salah scores on a penalty. Yeah. That sort of stuff. They're just not in flow right now. And, yeah. you know, I, I really do think, I mean, if it's like, sometimes like the, the, the explanation is, is so obvious and is repeated so many times that we like don't want to believe it anymore and we look for something else. But I, I really think the Man City's play this season and what Liverpool have done without Virgil van Dijk and, and you know, how Man City played since Diaz joined the team. I just think that we, we just like, you cannot overstate how important a really great center back is to, to a right. team, you know, and just how much they, they stop all the mistakes, you know, they allow the fullbacks to push forward. Um, you know, someone like Van Dyke, you know, starts the play. And I actually think Diaz is, is, is pretty active as well. Um, you know, he's not, he's not like bombing forward. It's not like, a um, you know, well, a, and, and just look at Fulham, uh, Fulham, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just an absolute miracle what Scott Parker has done with that squad with no preseason of any kind and had to basically buy a whole new squad to figure this out. Yeah. And their center back pairing, it's like, Hey, it's that easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But you can see Fulham are able to, they were able to kind of transform their premier league trajectory based on that center back pairing. So yeah. you're, you're totally right. Yeah. And so I, I think that's really, you know, the issue. And I, I mean, just now, like they just, they just don't have anybody back there. And so it just, you know, Robertson is forced to play back a little bit further. It just doesn't, you know, th- I just don't think they're the, they just rely so much on Nico Williams right now. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or Curtis, you know, Curtis, I mean, there's relying on a lot of young players at the moment, uh, or, or, or like, you know, kind of newly bedded center backs it, it's just honestly it, it the i just think the obvious explanation is still the right one which is that they are decimated by injuries and those injuries have had a cascading effect on everybody within that team and um and they've also just played a ton of minutes right going deep into the champions league um you know multiple times over the last couple of seasons obviously not um not last summer although last summer was so weird anyway that you know it's sort of um, you know, it was, just, it was just a weird, so they, they just played a, a lot of minutes, the intensity of winning the league last year. We often see a team drop off after winning the title. Um, and it, it just feels like they're out of gas. They're just completely yeah. out of gas. And so it's hard to yeah. look at Salah and think, oh yeah, he, he away to wolves in game week 28. This guy's going to turn it around. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I mean, we're, we're kind of jumping ahead in the running order to Boston Prof's question who asks, is Salah officially over? I had regarded him as a season keeper and he still has the fourth most FPL points, but Liverpool are a pale shadow of their former selves. And Mikey also wants to know who the best Salah replacements are. And that I think plays into David's question about Spurs. So, like I, I agree with everything you're saying about Liverpool and Salah, Josh. But I don't think like it's a helpful question to ask: Is Salah officially over? Like in FPL, just like you were saying about Son, Josh, you've yep. you've you've bought and sold him at least three, going on four yeah. times this season. Yeah. You never have to truly say goodbye. <laughs> That's to true. Anyone. Yeah, and it's never really hurt me. I mean, honestly, it ha- you know it feels weird that I've bought and sold him so much, but. 
I can't say that it's like had a massive impact on my season. You know, yeah. I mean, you just have to do it sometimes. Yeah. The convenient thing about the Sala problem happening now is that Liverpool blank in 29 and no one, prob- no one has any value tied up in Mo Salah. So right. this right. is the perfect time to dump him. Yeah. You can always bring him back uh, at some point at no extra added cost to you. So yeah. I would feel exceedingly comfortable dropping Sala right now. So yeah. Mike, Mikey's question about who are the best Sala replacements. So Son and Bale are the obvious targets, right. just based on the conversation that we were having. In light of that, could you still argue for bringing in somebody like Jesse Lingard or Saka? And now... yeah. Aubameyang is really making a case to be that guy. Speaking of locker room, right? Like, I'm I'm glad that we didn't release that pod. How (laughs) how loud wrong both of us were on uh, on Aubameyang. I just wasn't seeing it. I mean, he he hadn't started. I think he'd started two of the last five matches, Um, and so you know, I didn't think it was given he'd even start this weekend. And uh, suddenly there he is leading the attack, and you know, wrong footing Pope. And I mean, way to Burnley. I thought that was kind of a tough match as well. And so. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, they should have scored, you know, a couple of goals in that match. A little, little a lot of handballs and, uh, you know, it's like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, yeah. crazy officiating yeah. in that, yeah. in that match. Yeah. To be fair to our take on Aubameyang though, he had that early goal, but you didn't see a whole lot of Aubameyang yeah. after that. Um, but by that, by then it didn't matter. Because <laughs> you'd goal. seen everything, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think we do have to consider him. So I I think a a question I'll throw to you, Josh, is if you're in, if you're in a situation where let's let's assume for this hypothetical that you already have Harry Kane up top and yeah. you are moving Mo Salah out ahead of game week twenty eight, yeah. What what are the reasons why you would bring in Aubameyang over somebody like Hungman Son or Gareth Bale? I don't know. It's more fun. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I sort of feel like, um, there, you know, I, I can't speak for the entire 8 million people who play the game, but I, I you know, I really felt this weekend, especially with Gundogan blanking and, you know, uh, effective ownership, which I, I don't even want to talk about in every single podcast because it gets so tedious uh, to talk about it. But, you know, just as a, as a quick refresher for anyone who wasn't listen, you doesn't follow something like effective ownership. You know, basically if you own a player, you have a hundred percent of that player. Uh, if you captain that player, you have 200%, right? So, um, the effective ownership, um, is a bunch of sites do this now. They give you the effective ownership of player. And it basically is within, um, the top 10 K or within your own kind of band of rankings, right? So like around the, let's say hundred K overall at hundred K, how many people own the player that you have in your team? Right. So, um, so in my case, I had Gunawan and his uh, effective ownership was 150%, right? So he's almost universally owned. And then from that, about half the managers, I think he was more like, he was like, he's 90% owned. And then about 6% of the managers had, had, had captained him this week. So, you know, we complain about effective ownership, but for me, it kind of meant I was insulated against, against anything bad happening. Like, you know, it was almost like nothing could really happen this week. Such an really American gonna... point of view. Yeah. But, but I mean, like. You know, which I don't love, and it would, I, but I would find that very frustrating if I was, you know, 300k overall. Like, how am I going to get ahead? But I think the the problem that people get into is is just kind of thinking that well, I've got to, I've got to get the person who scored last week, right? I've you know, like I mean, like Aubameyang, you know, just like I don't know, like if you watch the highlights and you feel like there's something there, yeah, 
you should do it. I mean, because I just think that there's there's a little too much of everybody kind of debating, oh, maybe I'll go Diaz captain. Maybe I'll go Kane captain. And then we all default to the same player. And I feel like this is happening more this season than I can ever remember. And it feels like now might be the time to try to be a little bit different. You know, like yeah. we're starting to get towards that point in the season where you really have to take some risks. Well, and, and to the theme of Game Week 28 being the forgotten Game Week, I think the marquee fixture in Game Week 28, uh, both for the broadcast schedule and for fantasy, is the North London Derby. Yeah. It's Arsenal uh, Spurs because I think there is a lot of FPL potential in that match. And if you're yeah. talking about these solid replacements, you've got Spurs versus Lingard versus Saka and then... Leeds is really the only other Leeds, and maybe if Jack Grealish is fit again. Sure, but the problem with Leeds is that they play a watertight Chelsea at uh, at the moment. So Leeds is kind of a non-starter for game week twenty-eight. Yeah, Jesse Lingard, because he is on loan from Manchester United, cannot play against his parent club in game week twenty-eight. Lingard is off the table. So you're basically just left with Spurs players. Um, so I'm thinking if you're if you're not eyeing up a Spurs player for that solid slot, you're kind of better off holding solid just for one more week and then making either that Lingard uh, move hmm. uh, yeah. or or uh, in in game week 29. Yeah, I think Saka too. I mean, I don't. Did Saka even get a return? I, I guess he didn't, no, right? Because no. there was only one goal in, the, in that match. Um, I still think that Saka might be um, the Arsenal pick too, right? And and, and I think that there's a uh, a trap that we can fall into sometimes where you're like, well, I want the best player on Arsenal, and that means the most expensive player on the team, right? Yes. Like, because you just sort of in your brain, it's like it's hard not to, right? You see, like it's like you know, it's, it's like the reason why like, it's so hard not to want to get Kevin De Bruyne over, over Gundogan, even though Gundogan has been pretty consistently outperforming, at least from an FPL perspective, uh, Gundogan all season, um, or vice versa. Gundogan's been outperforming KDB. Um, and so I think that, you know, Saka, I think is KDB, by the way, looked terrible in that Manchester Derby. Yeah. Somebody said, um, that Barney Rone, I think, uh, a reporter said, the, I think it was at halftime. He said that KDB was playing every minute like it was the 87th minute, <laughs> and he and he alone could win this match uh-huh. for Man City. Yes. It was like real, like Steven Gerrard style. Right? Yeah, like I'm just gonna true. Yeah, I'm just gonna run around being every ball, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he did create some chances for sure, but um, but yeah, I think that Sanka probably, if you had to, like, I mean, even not just like moving forward, just this season, I think that Sanka is the best player on Arsenal. It's not Granite Xhaka. I'll grant you that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree. And yeah, if you watch Arsenal week in, week out, Saka is definitely the one that jumps out more than Aubameyang or Lacazette or any of the other attackers in in terms of the most dynamic and the most involved. And he will go out wide and he'll come inside. Like everything you want from an attacking FPL asset, Saka is giving you that and he's giving it to you at at a really cut rate price so yeah i i do tend to agree that Saka. there's so much fantasy upside with him because he allows you to do so much else with your fantasy team while giving you a lot of what obama yang would give you otherwise it's gonna be weird isn't it i mean if you go with players like Saka or even you know if i drop i mean it, it, it's just amazing how much dropping salah is gonna free up money for everybody like i'm not gonna have i don't know i'm not gonna remember where to put it you know it's it's like i'm just like even there's not even like some like massive expensive defender that you'd want for for game week 29 um 
I mean, that should be a that should be a new chip, the Roth IRA chip, where you could actually, (laughs) at some point in the season, put like two two million pounds into a Roth account, (laughs) and then it could actually accrue value for you, and then you could cash it in at some point down the line. I love that idea. Yeah, we're we're just coming with great chip ideas every week now, Brandon. (laughs) Uh Um, So I think what's interesting about Gaming Twenty Eight, we did talk about this, the Forgotten Gaming, but I I think you're right. I mean, you, you started to talk about it a minute ago. Once you start eliminating some of these matches as like play like places you'd want to make your transfers, you almost kind of default back to bringing in players who, who play in game week twenty nine, right? Like, so you have um, you have Aston Villa. If you don't have an Aston, if you don't have Villa players, I mean, you said you don't have Martinez. Um, yeah. You know, uh, that's Target. that's that's certainly a Matt Target. I think that Grealish, if he's back, and you want to be really risky i think that's like a movie you could consider as well um like i said leeds chelsea tricky match palace west brom you don't want anyone on that everton burnley maybe you know you know maybe you hold on to you, you hold on to dcl you know probably one of those match i don't think he's essential for that but I, I don't i don't see everton scoring a ton in that match yeah it's it's like you were saying about the idea of in, being insulated as a fantasy manager calvert lewin is not going to hurt anybody he he, he yeah. could post a decent score against burnley for sure Burnley can be quite bad in particular matches, but he's not going to, unless your particular mini league rival is really up on yeah. DCL, he's not going to, he's not going to burn you. Richarlison feels like the player you'd, you'd you know, you'd, you'd want now anyway, yeah, right? Who's, who's afraid of that guy? Not me. <laughs> uh, Man City, follow him. You almost certainly already have three Man City players. Um, and then you're down to, um, yeah, Southampton, Brighton. Okay, don't want anybody on that one. Yeah, that's a pass. I mean, you know, now that Ings is probably out, maybe you may, maybe you can make a move for a Brighton defender earlier if you wanted. Uh, Lester Sheffield, that's a pass. Arsenal Spurs, we've already talked about that one. Man United, West Ham, I think. Um, I I actually don't think this is a bad match for Antonio. I think this could be a match where it's, it's interesting because because Man, Man United just looked so good. Um, on the road to Man City, but that's just, I don't, it just seems like a match where they're going to like be on the ball all the time, and then yeah. and then West Ham are going to get a couple opportunities to break. And, and I think that they did. I, I think that United's defense actually looked good because um, because uh, Harry Maguire and uh, I can the the Swedish guy, what's his name, Lindelof. Uh, Lindelof. They were yeah. they actually weren't asked to do very much. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they they had they had precious little opportunity to screw up. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're right. Like West Ham could ask a little bit more of them. And Antonio is a total handful. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it could be, you know, it's something to think about at least. And then, and then Wolves Liverpool, that just, again, that feels like a whole, a full pass. I mean, I think you're right. You could, you, I mean, you know, it's never like holding on to Mo Salah is never one of these things that's going to like, just be something that like, you just like, you, like, you know, you strongly argue, you know, for dropping him. Like, I mean, I, I would probably drop him this week. I, I there's a chance I don't, but, um, you're not going to look like yeah. a, a dead ghost team. If you still have solid yeah, game week 28. Exactly. All right. Which brings me to the final question for our game week 28 preview, um, which is who is the best game week 29. Wow. See, Brandon, that tells you where my brain is right there. I wrote Game Week 29. That tells you everything about this poor forgotten game week. Who, Brandon, is the best Game Week 28 captain? This is really a tough question because I I don't know. Um, I'm kind of leaning toward either Bruno Fernandez or Harry Kane. And mm-hmm. 
you might say the Kane pick is is recency bias and all of that, but yeah, form, you know, too. The North London Derby is a narrative, and I do believe in narratives in the Premier League. And Kane Kane is just a classic FPL asset where he has so many roots to scoring points. He's on penalties. He's you know he's got an insane number of assists this season as well. Yeah. So in a week in which I, I'm a little scared off of that Fulham fixture for Man City. I mean, I think that's an enticing fixture for first place team against uh, yeah. uh, 18th place team. But uh, it just doesn't feel like a huge upside match for your city yeah. assets unless you have somebody like Sterling. If you had Sterling... Then or or KDB, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't play midweek. Then I might I might be tempted there, but I think Bruno at home, good. Harry Kane against Arsenal, good. Yeah, I mean, I think it really does come down to those two as well. Maybe maybe Bale if you want to really be bold and throw a wild card, you know, picking there. But yeah, I mean, I think I think that's it. I think um, yeah. So I mean, I I think I'm I'm looking at Bruno. Personally, I just think yeah. that um, for one thing, uh, it's just their ability to win penalties is <laughs> unparalleled. Yeah. yeah, it's unparalleled. So there's always the chance uh, that he's going to win a penalty. I also thought he played pretty well today. Uh, created a couple of chances. Uh, he was really, you know, he had done some press conference where someone asked him a question about his his lack of. Um, I, I always think it's kind of bullshit when people talk about. Uh, how like big players don't do well in big games. Like nobody, like it's very rare. Like Sergio Aguero is the only player I can think of who can like consistently does really well. And in, in big rivalry matches, like most of the time those games are, are cagey or the goals are scored in weird ways. Right. Like it's like somebody makes a mistake and you know, it's like it, you know, so I, I, it's like, these are, there's a matches where, you know, good defense is going to lock down the best player. And so someone Mm -hmm. else is usually going to be required to, Discourse. So anyway, I thought that Bruno um, acquitted himself pretty well, and I think West Ham's defense is, is fine. But I just think that Man United are going to get plenty of chances to score, and I think if they get chances to score, then Bruno's going to be involved. I'm with you on Bruno's performance against City, and he. I watched his post match interview, and I think when you watch Bruno play, you you, you kind of question his sanity because you know he he often has this look of like i'm yeah. surrounded by morons like what yeah. do you want me to do here um but uh, he was he was in such a, a great mood in the yeah. post match interview obviously because they won but the um he seemed completely calm completely content and yeah. the uh, interviewer asked him about his goal celebration he covered his ears and he's just so delightful he said well that's for my children uh, and my mm-hmm. wife, they put up with so much like this is not easy for anyone. And wow. certainly football players don't Jeez. have it easy either. And I just want to make sure that I signal to my family that I yeah. really appreciate them. So you're just like, oh, so you must be hanging out with Juan Mata. He sounds like a great, yeah. great guy. <laughs> but but it's like you want you want those guys who are like their heads are on straight and tight. And uh, I just yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling very pro Bruno today, Josh. If you can't tell, well, that sounds like it sounds like we've made our decision. Then yeah. uh, Bruno's a nice guy and a great <laughs> and a great fantasy asset. Let's take a quick break. I have three lightning round questions, but I want to I want us to start fresh uh, and answer those questions um, right after this. All right, Brian, we're back. Lightning round. First question. We started to talk about this a little bit in the last section, but Paul Goldsmith asked, that was an interesting question. What does that Man City, Man United game actually mean? Question mark, exclamation point, exclamation Uh, point. 
What does it mean? I mean, I think it means uh, situation normal. Everything is as as it has been for like the last couple of years. Uh-huh. Uh, Man United have had City's number yeah. for the last two seasons with these derbies. You could go all the way back to that Paul Pogba comeback. But um, today, the day that this podcast is going to be hitting everyone's eardrums marks the one-year anniversary when you and I, Josh, were in Old Trafford for last season's yeah. second Manchester derby in which United handily won 2-0. I mean, City did not mount much of, a, of an attack at all. Yep. So, um, and, and, I, and I generally agree with your point about big, big fixtures and Kate being cagey affairs and, and they can cut one way or another. City, City were okay to lose this match. And I think given all their ambitions to even quadruple this season, their their mind is just kind of keeping everyone fit, uh, keeping their pride intact. Obviously, they don't want to lose, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think there are any major takeaways. Well, um, I would say my takeaways are that KDB... I mean, if I was looking at it through a fantasy lens, right? Okay, it's, sure. It's that, you know... I, I do think it's 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 pretty clear. We talked about this with the the Barney Rooney quote, but KDB does diminish Gundogan's value. It's very clear now, right? That Gundogan may even be droppable at this point. I mean, he, he's represented such good value, but I'm I just I it's I think that Gundogan could be better value if KDB would let him do more. <laughs> it sort of feels <laughs> like he's you know it's like he's not in any of the free kicks anymore. He doesn't quite yeah. know what his role is. It felt like he started to come into his own a little bit like the last 20 minutes of that match. So I'll be really interested to see if he plays at midweek and, and yeah. if he does, if he, especially if KDB doesn't play, you know, if he has a little bit more of that free role that KDB typically enjoys. I wonder if KDB play, well, if if he's rested against Fulham to play uh, Champions League, do does City play Champions League this week or or the following week? Because I well, it's the following because they play on Wednesday, right, right, right. Of yeah, course, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I still think Gundogan was getting into decent positions. Yeah, uh, he, he could yeah. have easily had some attacking returns in that derby. Yeah. It just wasn't just the, it's more the, like he's he's on notice now. You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it it's true. But would you consider dumping Gundogan? So I think what you're saying is the takeaway, and I agree with this, is that Kevin De Bruyne is not ready for our fantasy teams yet. Then the follow-up question is, do we need to think about Gundogan still being – like if I'm wildcarding in a couple of weeks, am I getting rid of Gundogan? Well, I mean since KDB has come back, uh, there's been five matches. Uh, He has – one of them he was injured, so I guess we won't count that one. Uh, but the uh, four since then, it's been three, two, four, two, right? So four consecutive matches, and the four came in eight minutes of play, sure. right? On a on a on a shot that was um, that that you know was rebounded. a fantasy assist, yeah, fantasy assist, exactly. So, um, I, I mean, the evidence is there. I think that he's he's not. I mean, you know, before that, it was. 19, 13, 8, 3, 14, 10, 8, God. right? And it basically – Salad coinc- days, my God. Yeah, and it coincided almost exactly with KDB leaving uh, with an yeah. injury. I mean, not not, not completely because um, he had done well even with KDB on the pitch. He had nine in the Chelsea match and 17, 11 in Newcastle match, the, the game before that. But, you know, he, when KDB was out, he was really good. And so – He was – yes, yeah, and he was, yeah. he was so much more focal and central – yeah. Uh, to yeah. the team, he was kind of like 
when KDB was out, it was like Gundawan became the best of David Silva and um, and KDB both yeah. at the yeah. same time. Yeah. And there's no position like that when Kevin is on the pitch with a little bit like Raheem Sterling thrown in or something, right? It's just like, he's like in front of the box with like the easiest happens. Like yeah. you're like, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like, yeah, maybe we'll just never see that run of form. But I, I, th- I think he stays on my team at least through game week 31. They play leads at home in 31. So I don't think it's like any kind of urgent thing, but it's, it's like I said, he's, he's on notice. I think the other key thing here is that I am, and I'm not alone here. This is going to be a very major talking point by from everybody this week. Uh, but Luke Shaw looks like he's the real thing, right? He's yeah. only only five point one million. Um, he's played fantastic basically since you know about mid season, I suppose. Um, and you know he's on corner kicks now. Uh, he's got you know, five assists in the season, in addition to the goal that he scored today. Um, I, I think the affordability is a key factor here too, right? Because you can just get him for 5.1. I mean, that's like, you know, you can get him for the same price that you can get a Sufal or something like that. I'm dubbing Luke Shaw triple B <laughs> beef boy buzz cut. That's my, that's my official name for Luke Shaw now. And I agree. I think he's, I think he's tremendous. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah, it's, it's wild to watch him in action because he, it's the way he wears his socks that makes his legs look that much shorter than everyone yeah. else's on the team. And he then he looks he's, like four, four foot 11, right? He looks very <laughs> short. Yeah. He's like a, he's like a Gimli out there yeah, um, yeah. doing his thing. But yeah, I still that, think of that time when, when James Corden was at old Trafford and he had a magnetic kid on, everybody was talking about how Luke Shaw, like let himself go over the summer a little bit. <laughs> it's just sort of, just sort of speaks to, uh, the reputation that Luke Shaw had. Sure. You know, going beef into beef boy buzz cut. Yep, yep. But if you look at Manchester United's fixtures after game week 29, it's Brighton at home, Spurs, Burnley at home, Leeds, Liverpool. Uh, it's not bad. So I, I it's a tricky thing yeah. because I think if you want to do Luke Shaw, well, that, that's actually not a good point. I was going to say you better, it's better to do him now than, or, or never again, but he seems like the optimal wild card fullback. So, yeah, right. I think he's I, I don't think he's an every week starter necessarily, but, you know, I'd love to have him for that Brighton home match. I'd love to have him for that Burnley home match. Wouldn't mind having him for the Leeds match in game week 33. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, I, I, I he's maybe not like in that, like kind of Ben Chilwell when he was doing really well territory. We were like, I don't care how this guy's playing. I just want to have him because his attack returns yeah. are so good. But um, I do think that he he's he's great value. One other thing that we should mention is that uh, Rash Marcus Rashford is getting scans on his ankle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're recording this late Sunday night, so we haven't seen any reporting on that. So, it, right. if he did do any real damage to his ankle in the derby, then that I don't know. Does that dampen the attacking output of Manchester United? I I, I guess I wouldn't say I, totally because you've got Greenwood that you can slot in there, and yeah, he'll do in a pinch. And Martial and Cavani have been yeah. Doing a decent number, a uh, decent amount of rotating. I don't think Cavani is out for any long stretch of time, so I, I think that he, you know, he, yeah, you know, like, yeah. I mean, Martial can certainly play on the left and Greenwood on the right, and so I think that, you know, I think I think that would still that would still work. I, I, I mean, Martial and Cavani have started at least one match this season for sure. So I, you know, I think that, um, I, I mean, also Rashford has not been. He's not having his best season. So no. if he, you know, um, I, I don't see that as a, as a massive loss for. Man, yeah. All right. Two more questions. These are, these are more in the traditional lightning round mold here, Brandon. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. 30 AJ. seconds flat. 
AJ says, this is a long one. He must have taken a, a minute to write this question. says, uh, so far this season, home teams have won 37% of their games, while away teams have won 39% of their games, 24% are a draw. Do we need to extract the he has a home match out of our thinking until fans return or even reverse it? Flip it, reverse it. Uh, I love this. Um, Yeah, AJ spent more time writing this question than I will answering it. Uh, (laughs) No, you don't have to consider Homer away at all this season. It's yeah, it doesn't matter. I agree. Um, And it's not something I think about too much in general. Um, Well, (laughs) that was like a long pause. Well, (laughs) just like thinking. I mean, like the, like there the kombucha is a girl. Uh, um, there are yeah. there are there are like <laughs> mitigating circumstances, and sure. uh, you could always sort of like throw. Yeah. Well, they're playing in their comfortable environs yeah. as a, as tiebreakers. I was thinking about like Liverpool at home and An- like at, at Anfield, right? Like Liverpool at Anfield with a full stadium, I think would be something I would factor into like a captaincy decision or something like that, right? Like so, I, yeah. So I mean, I I, I think. So, I mean, I, I guess I, I, what I was going to say is that I don't think about home and away that much in general, but I, I, it's just been so long now <laughs> since we've had uh, fans in the stands that it's like, I can't even remember what that's like. You know, we're going to get two matches now. Like, that's officially confirmed now. So, game weeks 37 and 38 will yeah. have fans in the stands. So, we are... What could go wrong? Yeah, we are a mere eight weeks away from something approaching normalcy being back, which is pretty exciting. I have to yeah. say. Yeah. So save your, save your home and away takes AJ for game week 37. And then, and then it's the real deal because you're, we've talked about this before the reverse fixture of um, Fulham Liverpool at the cottage. There were actual fans, 25% of in the stands and you could feel the lift that Fulham got from that. So um, until fans are back in this, in the stands, it's kind of a non-starter. Yeah, totally agreed. Uh, final question. That's a good one. This is from Luke Williams, a.k.a. Disable. We met him, Brandon, at our Always Treating Meetup a year ago, yeah. yesterday or something. He says, and I haven't, like, I haven't even done the like repost from a year ago because it's just too sad. It like, really I is. Yeah, we it. met so many of you at Coin Laundry and Exmouth Market, yeah. and uh, what a great time. And so if you were there at the fan event, uh, last March, uh, we miss you. It was so good yeah, to see you. We're we gonna try can't to wait to do it again as soon as we can. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Be honest with yourselves. How much emphasis do you put on last week's points? Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing?" Are we talking about like last week's points in terms of like what my squad scored or what other players scored? I saw it as what other players scored. Yeah, that's, that's how I saw it because that sure. is something we all yeah. wrestle with. So yeah, right. There's a there's a fine line between points chasing and recognizing form, and I think that's. And I'm glad that Luke asked this question because I remember Luke actually triple captained yeah. Gareth Bale last week. He probably brought it up so that we would bring that up again in the podcast. <laughs> so it's it's a perfect it's a perfect example where that is just like a a flex on Luke's part to yeah. Just on on the hint that Gareth Bale is going to get into that starting lineup and then just betting on what he's going to do. And I would say then that is just chasing last week's points. But where we are now, one week later with Gareth Bale is, I, I mean, I, I can think it, it takes as little as two match weeks for a player to show true form. 
And it's less like the individual player. You can see the way the team is set up, the way other surrounding players are responding to that player. Yeah. So Gareth Bale has gone from incredible punt by Luke to a decent form player where I am placing a lot of bets on Bale's last week's points. I think this podcast in general is is pretty focused on that kind of stuff too. I I, I don't think you'll often hear us say, well, you know, like uh, you should consider Mape because the underlying XG points to a uh, player who's ready to, to bust or whatever. I mean, yeah. like, that's like a thing that people do, right? Like John T has his um, stats. Uh, expected goals. Yeah, like uh, expected or goals, goal, imminent. Goals, goals imminent table, right? And yeah. and, I, and I think those things are, are really valuable um, for sure. And it's actually a nice thing to to back up if you're watching these matches and you think, wow, like whomever, right? Like uh, Sadio Mane is just looks so dangerous in these matches. It's crazy that he has, you know, zero returns in the last four or whatever. And then you look at these tables and you see that, um, well, um, it's, uh, you know, he's just, he's like, he's just really underperforming his XG. And I, I guess it seems less fun when someone does well to think, well, it's, it's just, you know, statistically a complete blip. And of course, in some ways that is the case, right? I mean, like rarely will a player have a hat trick and be on three XG, right? He'll, you know, unless he has like yeah. a bunch of other chances as well. I mean, any one they're chance. They're all penalties. Is not, yeah, they're all, yeah, exactly. Like it's just, you know, so it's kind of, um, uh, it, it's more fun when the returns are good to do that. Um, I think I, I have a tendency to get a little negative sometimes. I, I actually think I'm more negative in my, reactions than I am as a manager. I think I'm a little more rational when it comes. I, I never rage transfer, for example, ever. Yeah. And, um, uh, nor do I ever almost ever take like transfers early on in the week. Like I just have to get rid of this player. Um, but I certainly feel annoyed <laughs> and, and like, and yes. will rage about how much, how awful that team is. And, and I, and that will inform ultimately the transfer I make that week, uh, often, but, um, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like a more fun way to play too, yeah, to me right. somehow, like yeah. watching the matches, seeing who looks good and then buying or selling them. Like, yeah, you can, yeah. you can approach it like, Oh, so-and-so is asking, Oh, uh, is Lingard Lingard's first start for West Ham? He gets a brace. Is he good? Should I get him? And you're like, come on. I mean, that he's never going to do that <laughs> again. Or you could say, uh, and that, and that's probably based on bias or, uh, sure. what have you. Yeah. We've or, all or, seen him play at Man United. <laughs> it's not like he was, you know, scoring braces. Right. There, there's this other way of thinking too, where a player gets a bunch of points and then you say, well, what's the point of me bringing them in now? Yeah. Now I don't bring them in to prove that I was right to never get them in the first place, hoping yeah. that they never score, Again, and that's probably the least helpful way of managing your fantasy team is it's okay. Like, like what I was saying about Kane, like it's kind of a bummer that I've missed out on this week's haul. But what's the what's the only way I can correct that? I I can't go retroactively get those points. The only way I can correct that is just to get the guy in. It's only annoying when you make the transfer. You know, it's like when the game week starts, you know, it's like I took a minus eight to bring in Diaz and Kane last week. Right. And like, but like then, then it's like, it's just over, you know, it's like, they they belong to you and they're yours alone. Exactly. Then you're in your team (laughs) and you don't have to worry about what they're going to do anymore. You know? And so, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that's, I think that's a pretty good summation of kind of where we are on on last week's points. That would actually be a great name for an FPL podcast. Last week's points. (laughs) <laughs> that would be. That's just a free one, Brian. Which we uh, yeah, there you go. That one's for free. that before uh, <laughs> someone snags it. 
thanks everyone for listening. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. Good luck in game week 28. Good, well, good luck in, uh, there's, you know, there's two matches tomorrow and then another match on Wednesday. So we're, we're going to have a real, it's weird. The double game week feels like, like it almost doesn't like, it's like, it doesn't feel to you. Like it's like, who cares what happens on Wednesday? I don't know why I feel that way. Cause of course some crazy things can happen, but I'm sort of like, it's tomorrow. It's, it's the Leeds West Ham match, yeah. the match I'm really interested in. And then the Wednesday one, I'm like, whatever. Uh, yeah. There's, there's like the city Southampton match is less likely to flip mini leagues and flip ranks. It's just, yeah, it's it, everyone's I, got three man city players. Yeah. I mean, your problem is, I mean, you're, you're a Cancelo owner. You saw what I saw on that pitch. Mm. Cancelo had probably what is wor- his worst professional match of all. Totally. Time. Absolutely. <laughs> leaving on a wild card. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah, the ro- rotation might be it, less the points on the field, more the rotation that could hurt people in that city Southampton match. So that's the podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we will do a Patreon podcast later this week. We'll also do our uh, advice shop on locker room later this week. So if you don't have that app downloaded yet, uh, go ahead and do so. And we'll, we'll put out the the call um, when we start recording that. I think we might tighten it up a little bit. Right? The last one went on for like 97 minutes. We didn't, we didn't know when to end it. So yeah. it might be a little short. We don't have a time. producer helping us here. We're just out on our own. We're yeah. flapping in the wind. Figuring things out. Uh, so always cheating.com or patreon.com slash always cheating is where you can go. Always cheating.com is where you can find out more about, about us and, yes. um, and, and find episodes and social media and all that stuff. Um, quick thank you to our producer patrons. Brendan, do you want to thank, uh, thank our patrons this week? Oh, 100%. Big thanks to Trevor Ingerson, Mike DePietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the big gaffer, Bob Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobs and Travis West, Victor Forbrick, Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Stiles, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, and our newest producers, George Kinney, Shiv Majora, and Rom Frosk. Of course, subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast. This way, Josh, you'll never miss an episode because sometimes there are forgotten game weeks, like Game Week 28. <laughs> true, yeah. There will never be another forgotten episode of Always <laughs> Cheating if you subscribe. And if you have the time, give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, etc. And uh, you gave the website alwayscheating.com, Josh, so I'll just leave it there. I'll just leave you with a... With a robust and healthy Poku forever. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.